Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 298. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the highly renowned Vermont children's fiction author, J.L. Dorona. Hello, and everybody. Jesse, you're here to talk about your latest Burr Sisters book, The Ghosts of Warble Hall. Yes, sir. That's correct. On the, on like almost the eve of your 300th episode too. That's pretty neat. I know. See, it's exciting. So I, I basically I have you on almost seems like every 100, every, almost every year now, Jesse, you're coming on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the plan is to uh, do a new book every year, at least um, if not more, but right now one a year is pretty much what I got. You did promise in your last your last interview that your second book is not going to be as hard to say, and I think you're right about right. So the Ghosts of Warble Hall is easier to say than than um, uh, Tor the Neitherswarth. So that's a, yeah. that's a good turn. Yeah, at the very um, least, the first title's memorable. But uh, yeah, I definitely <laughs> wanted it to roll off the tongue a little bit better the next go around. <laughs> Uh, do you want to tell people a little bit about um, also just what the, the Burge Sisters series is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So I do want to clarify that it's uh, not YA, it's middle grade. So it's actually okay. for a slightly younger audience. Um, uh, YA typically is for like 15 and up, depending. I think you'll get different answers depending on on who you ask. But I would say that mine is upper middle grade, like for, so like uh, nine to 12 year olds is kind of the range that I'm going for. Okay. But Perfect. anyway, to answer your question, the, uh, so the Berg Sisters is a series uh, that I started last year with the first book, uh, as you can see here, uh, Berg Sisters Tour of the Neatherswarth. It's about two stepsisters who uh, the series as a whole is about them getting into all sorts of very like weird and creepy supernatural situations. So like in the first book, they go to their great uncle's creepy old mansion and they accidentally open a portal to another dimension and release a whole bunch of monsters into the house and they have to figure out how to get rid of them before their dad comes back. Um, hmm. Not only is it do I like really like to focus on a lot of the fun, like supernatural and kind of uh, quirky macabre stuff, but there's a lot of um, family drama there as well, because they uh, at first the, the sisters don't get along because they're their stepsisters and there's a kind of a complicated history as to why the parents have married. So it takes them a little while to get used to each other. And throughout the course of the series, they bond more and more and, and explain a little bit too for those that uh, might be familiar with it as well it's just like the, the world building aspect what kind of world have you created here so um it's a little different for for each one the setting at least but in terms of where it takes place it takes place in uh, contemporary times uh roughly in like on a new england the first one in vermont the next one takes place um in, in and or around New York. But um, for the first book, the uh, Neatherswarth is an alternate dimension that is primarily underground and has uh, a lot of like um, moldy, gooey, slimy stuff going on. So there's a lot of like mushroomy things. There's, there's a lot of like 
gross smelling stuff. There's a, there's a tunnel that is, um, at least uh, to the character's eyes, uh, looks like it's made of ground beef and there's a whole bunch of eyeballs hiding in it. So there's a lot of creepy, fun, but still silly stuff going on. Like a lot of the monsters that live there, a lot of like kind of the underground dwellers, as it were, aren't necessarily bad or good. They're sort of chaotic. So like the little monsters that break into the house, they just trash the place for fun. And uh, they meet a very scary spidery guy later who is actually on the cover there. And uh, he turns out to be pretty friendly. So he uh, ends up uh, ferrying them across the uh, Netherswarth and giving them a tour. How do you come up with the ideas for your books? So for the first book, um, I sort of put together Gremlins and Beetlejuice, sort of the idea of a bunch of little monsters rampaging inside of kind of an isolated home because the mansion is on top of a hill it's in the mountains so they can't really they can't really get to anybody for help and there's a lot of kind of wacky stuff going on like there's um there's a passageway into the into the Netherswarth through the dryer and uh, there's like a lot of like catacombs and like slides that lead to places that you wouldn't expect. So it's just a lot of like you're here one second and then you open up a passage and then you're somewhere else entirely. And after a while, the characters are just like, we're just going to go with it because we have we we have no other choice, basically. But uh, I like to say that it has a very grounded yet very wacky world how do you do you how do you do the research then for a book like this um so in terms of research at least for this book most of the research i ended up doing was for um figuring out the names of certain elements of of uh, houses so like uh turrets okay. and dormers and all that kind of fun stuff like that this first book I didn't actually have to do a lot of research for in terms of anything that I was worried that people would would read and go, hey, this isn't accurate because it's in a world where almost anything can can happen. But I just like to run off my own secret rules so that it's kind of like when when you do magic in, in a book, if you can do anything with magic then it's not fun, right? It's because right. then there's no tension. There's there's nothing interesting happening. So you sort of have to take the characters on this journey. And as long as you know what the limits are, you can kind of like, you can kind of go, go through that. Um, there was a lot more research for the second book when we get more into that though. But this first okay. book definitely was like interdimensional Travel, pseudoscience, weird monsters, crazy, silly things, things that don't make sense, bloody blue. So this one was definitely a lot more, um, I don't want to say fun, but it was a lot more, um, it was a lot more zany than uh, right. Wobble Hall ended up being. How was this book different than your first one? Oh boy. So uh, big thing is that instead of a monster story, like, like, like a creature feature, as it were, this one is a ghost story. Um, the main characters, Lacey is the character that we're in the head of. So she's our point of view character. When she's not at the mansion in the first book, she lives full time at a boarding school called St. Aggie's. 
And uh, the story starts when uh, her stepsister Cal comes to stay with her at the um, at the uh, school for 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 about a month. She's got that their circumstances with their um, parents make it so that she has to stay with Lacey and she's kind of like nervous about that because it's like oh this is my world that's sort of separate from my family so it's going to be kind of weird to put those together but um while they're while they're there uh they decide to explore an abandoned um dorm room or uh, not not dorm room uh dorm facility like a uh, dorm in in general um and uh it's uh it had it had a fire back in 1993 and it's been abandoned ever since because they just don't want to repair it but on the eve of it finally being torn down they want to go and uh, explore it so that they can take pictures and lo and behold turns out it's not as abandoned as everybody thought how was the 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 science that you've created um how does ghosts fit within this like undercroft uh, world that you've created as well in your first book technically it doesn't i like okay. to think that i've left it open enough that if i wanted to interchange them somehow i could in the first book there's a section where one of the characters sort of explains that our world is kind of like an old window where like there are old panes that are like kind of loose and every now and then a bit of a bit of a breeze will come through and that's when you get influences from other dimension <clears throat> other dimensions like uh ghosts maybe or like uh, bigfoot or like all the creatures from the Nidersworth. there are places in the world where uh kind of the veil is is thinner which is a common idea for interdimensional stuff in fiction anyway it's sort of open to the idea that maybe the ghosts exist here because the veil is thinner, but I don't specify that. I like to, I like to leave it open. Honestly, I, I kind of, uh, right now I'm sort of focusing on the characters having, excuse me, separate adventures that are linked in terms of their personal like character growth, but not in terms mm -hmm. of the experiences that they have because it just gives me a lot more freedom and it's just a lot more fun that way. Not to say that I'm going completely willy nilly. I'm not going to inadvertently negate stuff that I've worked on before, but, uh, or that I've created before, but um, hopefully that won't be, uh, hopefully that won't be too jarring for people not to have a lot of the same um, elements at play in the next story. What are some of the, uh, the obstacles that you had from your first book that you learned from that you were able to utilize writing your second book. The thing that's been funny is that I I'm basically having all of the opposite hurdles this time that I had the first <laughs> go around. So okay. <laughs> first go around, the book was fairly easy to write. Um, edits were pretty slim. It was pretty solid. I had, mm. um, I had gotten a content editor, I had hired one, I had hired a uh, line editor to kind of make sure like all those little foibles were ironed out and all that good stuff. But outside of a few changes here and there, there the story itself wasn't too difficult. This one, on the, on the other hand, had so many false starts and so many 
directions that it started with uh, for a while there. I had the entire story through Cal's perspective. Um, I had a giant worm living under Warble Hall. I had all this kind of like weird stuff happening. And uh, not to say that giant worms won't, won't, uh, won't appear later if I feel like it, but uh, no, the, yeah, just like, and so much just like, second guessing my ideas and like that first that first act just had had so many changes that the the actual writing of the book was 10 times more difficult than than the first book but this go around all of the self-publishing stuff has been a breeze because I already have all the accounts set up. I already have the know-how to assemble the books because I learned the software last year. I I knew exactly what I needed in terms of uh, the cover format for my uh, for for my artist, because for (laughs) for an example like this one, what I did was I it's not a wraparound. It kind of like, it kind of cuts over mm-hmm. and I sort of had to interlap the spine. I don't know if that's even like visible, but yep. um, for, so, so for this one, and then I just took that front image and took all the uh, foreground, the uh, foreground characters out of it, or I had my artist do it, I should say. And then, um, and so that's how I got, the front and back cover, but this go around, I did a full on wraparound. So it was a lot easier uh, to lay it out on the um, template that I'm using. Is this falling on like a series or is this kind of like something along the lines of say like Nancy Drew, where every book is kind of its own, its own enclosed storyline. For, for this next book for uh, Warble Hall, I have I have uh, the the first chapter does kind of wrap up some of the things that could have maybe have been an epilogue for for the first book. But what okay. I wanted to do was make it clear enough. So I'm I'm definitely numbering them as one, two, three, however many there end up being. But my my goal is that if somebody likes the cover to one of them or likes the idea more more than another and reads them out of order they can still enjoy them, but maybe they just won't have the big picture of the overall development. And Mm. if they're so inclined to look at what happened before, maybe they'll pick up the next one. Maybe they'll pick up the one before it or, uh, you know, like, um, but, but yeah, the, the idea is um, definitely that if you read them in order, you will get a more, enriching character experience as it were (laughs) but that you can pick them up individually if one is interesting to you you just might you won't feel lost but you'll feel like there's stuff that you want you might want to know more about right Um, so what about the supporting characters in here is there any uh are there any uh, new supporting characters that didn't exist in the first book or is there any supporting characters from the first book that carry over into the second book yes so both actually so um there is a uh, there's a character in the first book that uh, Lacey, again the main character, speaks to on um, video phone when she goes to the mansion, who is her roommate at Warble Hall, and she has uh, not as big of a role, but she's actually in person and in multiple scenes. So uh, so she she is a character now as well, and then 
there are um, several there are several characters that are um, ghosts within the school that are uh, either supporting characters or um, antagonists or like um, like the like kind of minion characters as it were but um, the most important one would be uh, Cece, which is a girl that um, is a a ghost from uh, the early '90s, who's like kind of a um, like like a grunge chick. So she's uh, if 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 she were if she existed in real life, she'd be like uh, one of those uh, one of those kids that was really into like Nirvana with like the flannel and like the torn jeans and all that good good kind of stuff and uh, she becomes their guide as they try to escape the building but has your writing process evolved from their first book to your second book absolutely yes um i uh again like this one definitely was a lot more difficult to write than uh, the first i would say that um because of how messy the initial the initial design and like like writing was for this book more than anything um my 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 like uh process will change in the future because i'm already designing the uh the next book and i'm planning on being a lot more well i already am being a lot more aware of specifically what elements are the most important what are the things that i really want to say in the story um what like what each character goes through in terms of mm. their their arc and um more than anything lots and lots of pre-planning like mm. i i am not a uh, pantser per se but i'm now officially a lot less loose when it comes to my uh process it used to be that i would think of like i sort of think of it like a movie so i think of what i want the scene what scenes that i feel like the story needs and then i'll put them on like a digital sticky note on my computer and i will then organize them and i'll use those i'll use those very basic templates as the idea for the scene problem there is that there was just so much that I that I wanted to tell there's there's a lot more there's actually there's there's a, honestly a, a, a lot more of a personal element with this one because it focuses on 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 loss and friendship and sort of like um, a lot of things that are very that are very personal to me the main character uh, she is conflicted about um being close with her uh, new family because she's worried that her mom who passed is like she's worried about betraying that memory and that's a very big theme throughout the the story and yeah that's something that i my my mom died many years ago but it's something that i'm only very recently processing in any real um practical like uh in any real like tangible way so it was it was a bit of an emotional journey going on this like working on this book way more than the first so mm. i think kind of like kind of putting those two elements together the personal and the practical is what's going to help me in in the future 
having said that, I've been rereading. Um, I've been rereading it for the final, uh, for like the final draft before I export it in into like the ebook formats. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I'm really proud of this one. I think it's going to be great. So, did you? So, in that way, did you write this book f- for you, or did you write this for? Um, but who's who's the who's the audience for this? So. That's a really good question. I think that the on 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 the surface level, right? The audience for this story is for the age range that I that that I um, said before. You know, like nine nine to twelve, roughly, depending on reading level, of course. Right. But I the like personal messages i i don't like hammer them in so someone could someone might feel more strongly about certain elements than others and like the um like somebody uh, a a a kid who has not lost a parent would certainly maybe they'll enjoy the ghosts more or maybe they'll relate to one of the characters specifically but both of these stories started with the concept first, like like um, creepy interdimensional mansion, uh, like uh, creepy, spooky, haunted uh, res hall, and uh, the the personal elements kind of came in as I was working on it. And I w- I'm a firm believer that even if you don't know it or not, like like whether or not you know it you are putting yourself into your work no matter what you're doing. So even if it's very, even if it feels very surface level, you are putting your yourself in there. But um, I, I think that this, this latest book is for anybody that has just ever felt like they have a lot of emotion that they don't know how to process. My main character is uh, Lacey is very, um, she's very hot headed. She's very stubborn, but she is, she's also very guarded. It's very hard for her to process the feelings that she has about the loss of her mom, about the fact that her dad has remarried uh, about the fact that she feels um very strongly for her stepsister now it's um i think it's for yeah i i really think it's for anybody who has ever felt like they have emotions in inside them that they just can't that they can't put to words or can't put put out there and you know also anyone who likes ghosts right (laughs) Did you, was there any particular scene that, uh, that you recall that was difficult to write either from a, from just a, a dialogue piece or just from a, um, just from a thematic piece? hundred percent, uh, near, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it too much. I mean, I feel like most people reading this are going to be reading it for the, like, like screening it so that they'd be like, okay, maybe I will get this for my kids. So cool. But, uh, yeah, uh, near, near the, um, near the third act, there's a set of circumstances where, uh, Lacey witnesses the past and she witnesses her mother at her age during a very pivotal moment. Mm. And that scene was 
was just very is just ended up being very raw and very emotional because throughout the journey the biggest thing is that Lacey realizes that her mother was actually like a real normal person at one point like mm. she's always seen her it's like the main theme of the story for uh, Ghost of Orville Hall is that Lacey has always seen her mother as this like angelic pedestal figure that just can do no wrong and was just so so amazing you know how we always uh we we always honor the uh, the the dead in such a way right but um she learns throughout the story that like yeah her mom was actually a person that had that had flaws and that that was okay and uh yeah processing that in my in in for myself personally it was kind of like it was kind of like um doing it myself i don't 100 percent agree with this but i've often heard that uh art is free therapy and uh i'm i'm a very strong believer that you should also get real therapy but it's definitely can be very cathartic with with that said when is the when is the book coming out the ghost of warble hall is coming out september 26th it will be wow. available in paperback and ebook um i am potentially working on a uh, Barnes and Noble exclusive edition paperback, but I haven't quite figured that out yet, but that will be very interesting. And um, I'm actually doing a uh, book signing at the new Barnes and Noble in West Lebanon, New Hampshire on October 14th between one and three. So I will have both. Yeah. I will have both books there and, uh, you can come say hi, and uh, I will have a free sticker for anyone who comes and says hello, which will be fun. And uh, incidentally, uh, right on, right on, like kind of the right on the cusp of the new book coming out, I'm doing a uh, sale on the first book, at least the ebook version. Normally, it's four ninety nine. Right now, it's only ninety nine cents until the twenty eighth. Do you kind of have an idea of what what your third book's going to be about? I do. Yes. I have already started outlining it. Um, while I was, you see, it's, it's funny how, how creativity works because I was feeling so burnt and so like dry, dry and like crusty and like that I would be blown away with the wind after finishing the book and handing it over to my uh, line editor. But in the two weeks that I had no influence on that book whatsoever it freed my mind to work on the next one so i do have the i do have the next one in mind i already have the entire outline done and i'm breaking it down chapter by chapter right now is there a theme with it too is there going to be a different type of kind of like monster of the week kind of situation going on with that one too this one is vampire themed Okay. All right. Fun. All right. Yep. Excellent. It's uh, I'm, I'm building it as more of a mystery and this one is actually going to be even more interesting because I'm doing uh, for the first time, I'm doing a dual POV. Both Lacey and Cal have uh, chapters of their like kind of inner selves because they have sort of, they're in the same place, but they have like a split adventure as it were like it's, it's from different, uh, is from different angles because they're both kind of doing different things, but they're they're investigating their 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 uh, weird neighbors because they think that they're hiding something and they suspect that they 
might be blood-sucking creatures of the night. <laughs> so, so, Jesse, if people want to learn more about your work, where is the best place they could go to? Best place to go would be to go to my website, which I, I super smartly put on the screen there. So it's the jldorona.com. That gets you to, uh, if you want to email me, you can do it from there. It also, um, you can also sign up for my newsletter. And if you do that, then you actually get a free ebook, which is a prequel story that takes place before the first book with the, with the characters. Oh, fun. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. This is, it was great talking to you again. Hey, you too, Barney. Thank you.